you get behind your church. How many love your church? Amen. We ask for your help and uh, praise the Lord. Brother George, come, my friend. Am I on? Check one, two, three. Yes, praise God. Good. Hallelujah. Well, take a good look. This is what you get right here. They're in trouble. I didn't just—I didn't just appear. I actually flew in on an airplane, so I'm a real person. I'm not just a vision, and I am here because of an appointment with God. We don't just plan meetings. We listen to the Holy Spirit, and He orchestrates seasons in life. And this is a season that we get to spend together for these few hours in a blink. <clears throat> Wednesday night we'll be here and we will have heard the voice of the Lord and we'll, we will have encountered the Holy Spirit and God will have spoken to our spirits and our hearts and we will have been changed and impacted. You cannot meet the power of God and the Spirit of God without being different. You and I are embracing by faith the things of God. We are not of those who have no hope, and we are not rebellious, and we are not running. We are running toward the Father. Because of that, we have, we have an encounter in these few hours that I am excited to be here for. Hallelujah. I came to meet the Father with you, and I'm going to do that as we open up some scripture and let the Holy Spirit pray through us and see through us and speak through us. And in the meanwhile, just open your spirit and ask the Lord for something this week. <clears throat> we need to know if we hit the target. So often we just throw out 150 prayer requests, we get three back, and we say God answers prayer. If you were in business like that, you wouldn't be in business long. So let's be, let's be specific this week. Let's see God turn some, some hearts. Let's see God change some destiny and some purposes. That's why I'm here, and I know that's why you're here. So let me pray, and uh, <clears throat> just open up the doorway, and we'll go through it, all right? Amen. Father, we are not intimidated by the hour of the seasons around us. We are not afraid of the po politics. We are not afraid of the economy, because we have a Father who understands and knows and is taking us into the next stage of life. And that life, Lord, has been promised to be full of joy and full of strength and full of health. And we embrace it with faith today. Lord, we are standing at the threshold of a new day. And we have the ability, Father, because you have given us, you have given us the authority to step into this area of time and command the blessings of God upon our families, upon our region, upon our cities, Lord, upon our church. And we stand, Lord, as prophets and kings would, standing in a, in a territory that they rule and, and have dominion over. And we say, Lord, bless this house. Lord, bless these families. Lord, bring your presence upon this region of land that we live in, Lord. This is God's area. It is, does not belong to anybody else but the Heavenly Father. And, Lord, we walk as rulers, as gardeners in the garden of God, and we thank you for the peace of the Lord in this, in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Let me give you a prophetic word that came to me this week through a, through a, a fellow worker as I was talking about coming to Campbell. And I wanted to share this with you because I want to set the, I want to set the course of our, under, of our thinking in these few days we're together. <clears throat> Campbell, California. You know, God loves, God loves land, regions, and territories just as much as he does people. He redeems land. He redeems nations. And <clears throat> I, was, uh, I was reminded going over this of how important it is to realize where we are and what God has done for us. This is uh, this is known, and and I know that you you ones you 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 uh, natives here know more about it than I do. But this is a this is a prophetic word concerning the future of your of your territory here. This is a fruitful region, and when you when when you look at a at an area, you look at the natural. The natural depicts the spiritual, or at least reveals spiritual truth. So uh, <clears throat> Paul said, first the natural, then the spiritual. Now, there's winds of change that are blowing, and when the winds of change blow, they blow in the anointing of the Holy Ghost to help change. And the angels of the Lord begin to come into an area and begin to minister to people, begin to minister with you in the changes. Um, let me just pick up my thoughts here just for a minute. The wind brought in an angel of change that will stay and assist the bringing of God's change for the future. With the angel came a large clock face, and he said, The clock is ticking, and I am here in this season. San, this, this is Santa Clara County, right? We didn't get that wrong? Okay, I want to make sure I'm in the right county. This is famous for its fruitfulness. Now, for decades, people, they tell me, used to drive down the peninsula just to smell the blossoms and see the, see the blossoms. And this depicts fruitfulness. This is a valley or an era, area of fruitfulness. Um, <clears throat> there's great wealth came from the fruit of these orchards. There was, uh, f- the fruit was shipped all over the world. Matter of fact, fruit cocktail was invented here, denoting a place where God can blend his fruit in delightful and anointed combinations. <clears throat> Those trees are gone now, but in its place are other things that are fruitful, you know, businesses. So this is an indication that you're in a place where God wants to bless and multiply and be fruitful. And this church, you as families, are in a fruitful region. That means God wants to enlarge you and increase you and send you out, not just to your neighborhood, but to the world. Amen. Now, what is planted in Campbell grows and produces fruit even worldwide. It's time for new seed to be planted, time for new crops, time for new fruitfulness and new blending. Hallelujah. I think God could even do something more wonderful and more supernatural than they've discovered in Silicon Valley and all the other great technological places. I believe the Lord has a purpose for Campbell, California. That's why we're here. God did not send you here because he liked the climate. He sent you here because he had a purpose for you to be involved in people and in regions. And we are salt and light, and what we do matters. 
Our faith is important to the destiny of this church and to the region that we dominate. We have a spirit that is in, involved in this city. We make a difference in this city. So when you walk down the streets and all the parties going on today and all the bicycles running over you and all the people running around in their jogging shorts, they don't know this, and this isn't to be smart aleck, and it's not to be self-serving, but they don't know this, the reason they're able to run down that street and not get run over by some kind of you know, monster is because salt and light is in this valley. People of faith keep civilization cooking. And when our little, you know, our little world seems to shrink, let's <clears throat> not fear. God's still got a job for us. We're holding steady. Amen. We're holding steady. Now, what I want to do in these next days, I want to go to Matthew 8, and we're going to look at a, at a verse that Jesus quoted. He, he, he made a statement that I think is very important. He says, I have not found this great of faith in Israel. <clears throat> I, I think it's important if we find a place where God says this is great faith, I'd like to look at it for a bit. And I'd like to find out how it, what it means to have this kind of faith. And because the Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, we, we compartmentalize our lives. All of us do it. We have our work, we have our family, we have our business, we have our vacation, and then we have our church. Now, I know you've heard this before, but let me see if I can bend this around again. There's only one compartment. It's the life God's given you. And as you serve God in your business, in your church, in your home, in your vacation... There's only one purpose God has for us, and that is to love the Lord our God with all of our spirit, soul, body, and mind and strength. Amen? So we don't, we don't go home and we're one person. We come to church and we're another. We're people of faith or we're not people of faith. For without faith it is impossible to please Him. I can't go to the job and expect to be prosperous and have God's blessing if I have no faith in the job, if I have no faith in the Father. I can't go into my family and be a father of excellence or a mother of purity and virtue unless I understand God is the father, God is the provider. Now, in this, in this discourse this morning, before I pray for you and have a, a, a time of prayer together, I'm asking the Lord to, to give us an insight in what it means to have the greatest faith, even greater than anybody in Israel. Now, Israel has a background Israel has a background of training, prophets, miracles, supernatural signs and wonders. And here we have, in Matthew 8, we have a centurion, a Roman, who has no background, who understands the principles of God. I would like to understand how to have miracles. I'd like to understand how to, how to, how to have a prayer request answered. I'd like to find out how to know the Lord better and how to know the Lord in a greater way. I'd like to find out how faith works. <clears throat> I know a little bit about automobiles. The most important one is the key. I may not know how to do the, you know, the bottom work down there where the mechanics are working, but I know how to turn the key. Now, that's a good start. If you don't know how to turn the key, we need to know how to turn the key. How do you plug into God? How do you have joy in the Lord? 
How do you find peace in trouble? How do you find security when fear comes? See, there's things in God that work just like that key. It's not just throw it out and hope it works. Let's roll the dice and hope God's feeling good today. No, God has purposes, principles, tracks, pathways, roads, things that lead somewhere. And he even has barks as we have a direction. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> On the, uh, uh, thank you for answering, asking that question, brother. We all found out together. Now, God has a purpose. And one of the things about the prophetic ministry and the, and the spirit of prophecy and the gifts of the spirit is that God wants to give direction and give purpose in life. I got an email last night from a man I haven't seen for years. Matter of fact, I'm sure I'd know him if I saw him, but he said I was in a meeting years ago. He found my email in the, on the web, and he said, I wanted to tell you this. I have pulled out that prophetic word every few years and have read it and have been an encouragement to me. Something you told me in a meeting, he gave the date and place in the Northwest. He said, the, the word of God has, has kept me directed toward the purposes of God. Every few years, he says, I've pulled it out. By now, it's a little tattered, maybe a little worn. But he said, I wanted to tell you, and he sends it last night. And I wrote him back, and I said, thanks. Good timing. I'm going into a meeting. I need to hear the word of the Lord. It's still working. <laughs> Amen. And so we're standing at, at, the, at, the, at the threshold of something fresh. We're not just stirring up old mush. We're standing at the threshold of something fresh. But Jesus said, I have not seen this kind of faith anywhere. So because of that, I'm going to go through the four or five verses, and I want to just take a little journey and find out how, what God says about faith. Now, when we come to the end of this, I'm expecting the Lord to speak to us and give us something to take a hold of. We shouldn't go home without our hand on something. We know it's in the hand of God. We know God's hand's on us. But we need to have our hand. We need to know there's something in our hand. God's got something for us. Go to Matthew 8 just for a moment. And we're just going to read this line by line or verse by verse. And I'm going to ask the Lord to give us just a little insight and in what it takes to have this kind of faith. Now the first line says this. In, uh, in Matthew the, the, the eighth chapter and the fifth verse. Now, when Jesus had entered, I realize this may be simple preaching or teaching, but this is the way that I hear the Lord. And I want you to just walk it with me. And when Jesus had entered, don't go ahead of me now, quit cheating. <clears throat> and when Jesus had entered. Let's think about it for a minute. Where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. When Jesus enters into our situation, when God comes into the frame of the picture, when all the hectic statics going on and someone speaks the name of Jesus, suddenly peace enters Suddenly the answer comes. Suddenly we're not 
pushed by the pressure of the school we're in or the workplace we're in. The finances don't look so scary when Jesus enters. I'm asking the Lord, I know you are, Lord, enter this situation. Lord, I, I, I call for you to come into the midst of this thing. God, bring your peace into this thing. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And when Jesus entered, if I don't get past this, this is all we have this morning. I want you to hear it again. We've, been, we've asked the Lord, and traditionally we say we're having revival Sunday through Wednesday. Revival is kind of a coin phrase for meetings where we're going to have special services and, and uh, we're going to have preaching. But what we need to have is Jesus to enter this building, Jesus to enter our situation. Now, I know the anointing's here because he said he was. If we met in his name, he would be there. and We know that. But there is a manifestation of his anointing that I need. I need to have something beside just mine, my, you know, my memory or my thinking or even the emotions of, of a good song or a good sermon. I need to have the presence of the Lord with me in a tangible way at times more than others. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I'm ha- I have a sense that these few days we're together, we're just going to we're going to dwell, we're going to spend some time on bringing in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> and <clears throat> when He comes, signs and wonders, healed hearts, broken hearts are mended, eyes are opened, things change when Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I take authority right now. I take authority. Just walking the edges, Lord, of this congregation. Not this building, this congregation. I'm walking the edges of this congregation. And I'm calling in, Lord, those who have been weary and worn down. Discouraged even tricked into quitting. Lord, I'm walking the congregation, going out, Lord, in the edges of it. And I'm saying, come on in. Come to the Father. Come to the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, you can lock your faith with me now. I'm just prophesying a little bit. I speak to those men who have walked away to come home. I speak to those children who have grown up and walked out from the presence of the Lord. I call in those mothers who have lost their vision. Lord, I I ask for a miracle of redigging the well of anointing that we know this house has. Lord, there's history of anointings in this house that are just ready to break forth again. Lord, not, not that we don't have your anointing. We know that. There's a precious spirit here today. And as we were worshiping, the anointing was certainly here. But Lord, we're asking you to redig the wells. 
And I'm prophesying new faces. I'm prophesying renewed vows. I'm prophesying the conviction of the Lord to go and bring in those that will surprise you. You will see people or or uh, experience meeting people that are coming back to the Lord because God is going now and He's recapturing hearts. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. And when the Lord, when Jesus entered Capernaum, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Wouldn't you like wouldn't you like him to enter your bedroom tonight just before you tucked yourself in? Wouldn't you like to look over in the traffic tomorrow morning on the way to work and he's sitting there grinning at you? Now, I know that sounds a little silly, but just for the imagination's sake, when Jesus enters, we're ready for miracles. Don't even try it until he's there. When he's there, we're ready. Praise God. Now, hallelujah. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, there was a certain centurion who came to him pleading with him. Now, this is a little unusual to my style, and so I'm going to apologize or explain again the simplicity of this teaching. I usually like to preach a little more complicated, so when you go home you say, boy, what a deep word. I didn't understand a thing, but that guy's smart. <clears throat> okay, so this is going to be so simple I can understand it. Because what I want to do this week is find the kind of faith that Jesus is amazed at. Kind of, kind of, find the kind of faith that God says, Wow, I've never seen that. Think that's possible with your little crummy life? <laughs> so three of you look at me, okay. <clears throat> you think God could be amazed at you? Well, I know he can be amazed at the big preacher, you know, the big important spiritual guy, but just the church guy? God deals with us as sons and daughters. doesn't deal with us as prophets and pastors and church leaders. He deals with us as believers. And believers have the ability to step into the presence of the Lord by faith and find help in the time of need. Hallelujah. doesn't come in... Hash marks, you know, the kind that you used to hang on chains of how many times you attended. I think they're kind of neat to look at, but God doesn't really matter to that. He matters in your faith. What are you believing God for today? And the centurion came to him. <clears throat> he drew nigh to him. He came close to God. He found a place where there was room next to Christ. He made his way from his home. He got out of off his couch. He left his comfort. He went on the hot road. He got dust in his nostrils. He found where God was happening. And he came to Jesus. So, number one, Jesus comes into Capernaum, but something had to happen on the centurion's part. He had to stir himself. 
he had to find, he, he found, he, the news came, Jesus is on third and vine. And the centurion said, I'm going to third and vine. I'm going to find, I'm going to get into the presence of Jesus. Now, at the conclusion of any service, this one or anyone you're in, the one who gets the gold ring, as they say, you know, the brass ring, is the one who finds Jesus and pushes in. We brag and preach about and teach about the woman with the issue of blood, how she crawled along and got down low, and she got in there and got his garment, and we applaud her, but how about us? How about us today when we're sitting here in our situation or our time schedule? It means that there's going to be some, some uncomfortable spots this week where we're going to have to push into God. If we're going to get a hold of the anointing like we, we, we desire, there's going to be some pushing into God. Now, I don't know how you push. You have to learn how to do that. <clears throat> if you've been saved five minutes, you already know there's a way to come to God. You remember when you got saved, you just said, okay, Lord, here I am. And maybe weeping, maybe, you know, maybe emotions, but you came to God. Now, 25 weeks later or 25 years later, you don't, there's no difference. You don't make some new way. You come to the Lord the same way by faith. <clears throat> Jesus entered in and the centurion found him. Jesus was in the city and the centurion found him. Now, let's pick it up. We're just going to walk along here just for a bit. And he came praying, saying, the centurion came praying, saying. He had a specific direction that he was going. I'm going to call all of you to be prophets this week. And I know it's a little, we don't have time, and some of you women couldn't grow the long beards <laughs> and look scary, you know, with a long white robe. That's not the prophet we're talking about. I'm calling us to turn into a spiritual prophet in our prayers and begin to pray directly and ask specifically what we want to see happen to us and our family and our church this week and this month. I want you to begin to pray like this centurion king. He came, he sought out the Lord, he came praying, and he said he had a specific direction that he was praying. He said, Lord, my servant is sick and needs to be healed. Don't just come praying and say, oh Lord, just bless us. Just help us out of our trouble. No, I have a need on the Thursday. I'm meeting the boss and I, he's going to evaluate me and I need to have a score that's going to give me a promotion. Lord, I need your help. And he came praying. Say, well, I, I, I don't want to overdo the Lord. I asked him last February for something. So, you know, I want to wear my welcome out. <laughs> That's what prayer's all about. Petitioning prayers, intercession prayers, all these. We're coming to the Lord and we're prophesying. We're prophesying our future. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. What do you want? Ask, what do you want? Describe it to the Lord. And when you describe it to the Lord, you're describing it to yourself. You're beginning to see the picture of it in your own heart and you begin to have faith that that could be possible. Why? Because you're saying, you're beginning to describe what you want to happen. Hallelujah. That's, that's the simple act of prophecy. You say, well, I don't know if prophecy works. You do it every day. You say, I'm going to work, you're going to be home tonight. Oh, come on, pastor, that's not prophecy. Yes, it is. You just described your day. You're going to work, come home at night. Well, I, I do it every day. Well, so, 
so that doesn't make any difference. You're still saying, you said, I'm going to work and I'm never coming home. This is the last time you'll ever see me because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sneaking down to Mexico. I'm gone. No, you say, I'm going to work and I'm coming home. Why? Because you're describing the direction of your pathway. You speak out and you say things that you want to do. And as you say them, it makes the pathway. I'm going to the store. I'm going to pick up milk. You need anything else? You say, well, that's not prophecy. No, you're forming the direction of your life. You get out of bed in the morning. You say, man, this is a terrible day. I'm sick and tired and I don't want to go to work and I hate the boss. Well, by the time you get to work, you're probably going to get in a fight with somebody or get in a wreck. Why? Because you've already set the course of this awful day that's filled with so much. Well, it is filled with misery. Look at my miserable life. Look at me, man. I'm working this stupid job. i got a you know, family that's all mad at me, and I don't understand anything. I tell you what, if you'll, help, if you'll listen to me another five minutes, I'll help you. It'll change your life forever. <laughs> Amen. And you'll be so glad I came, you'll put my picture on your mantle and say, Oh, man, what a guy. It's just it's going to be a great thing. Life does not happen because it just happens. It happens because you set the course of it. You put the track out there by, the, by, your, by your declarations. And he came praying. And he said something directly. He said, this is what I want from you, Jesus. And Jesus said, great, I'll come. <laughs> And everybody said amen. amen. You can all go home now. That's the message. Part one. <clears throat> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> I better be careful. You don't know my humor. <laughs> and Jesus said, <clears throat> and while, and Jesus said, I will come. Now, next phrase. Lord, he said, wait a minute. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. Now, I want, to see, I want you to see a little shift happening here for a moment. As, as this scene begins to develop here, we're approaching God now. And we're, on, he, we're, we're beginning to find out how prayer works. We've come with a petition. The centurion, the first thing the centurion did was submit to the Lord Jesus and humble himself under the Lord. The centurion had every right to demand political, uh, <clears throat> political favors. He had every right to rule the Jewish world. He was a Roman centurion who, had, who had, had soldiers under him. And they were the dominant force in, in Capernaum. They were the, the, the ruling power. This centurion had the ability, if he wanted to put the pressure on Jesus... To force Jesus to come by the political way. He could have said, he could have sent his army, could have drug, drugged Jesus in. But here's the approach to heaven. Now listen as we, as we approach the throne. He submitted himself to the authority of Jesus. He says, I'm not worthy to come, for you to come under my roof. But here's how it works, Jesus. I want you to do this. I want you to just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Because I understand how heaven works. I understand how the, how the faith works, how the church works, how prayer works. Because I say to one, just like you, I understand this. I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, 
and he comes. And Jesus said, wow, if you ever want to amaze God, understand this principle of authority. The centurion understood that you have to submit to someone before you get something from them. The person you submit to is the person you receive from. If you submit to someone, now I'm using the, a kind of an old word, submit. It's a hard word and some, a scary to some because it, it's almost fearful. <clears throat> but it's a, it's a, hum, it's a humbling it's, a, it's, a, it's an honoring someone else above yourself. It's not the submission with the pirate foot on your neck, you know, <laughs> pushing the sword against you. It's, it's, the, it's the yielding of the lover to the other. I'm, I'm submitting myself to you. You see, we, we've got so many, so many things ahead of us, but it all comes through this simple process. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Submission unto God is the key to deliverance, the key to biblical power, the key to faith in any, any realm is submission to God. This centurion, the first thing he did was say, no, I'm not worthy for you to come. He was submitting to the authority of God. He says, I understand how this works. I say to one, go and go and come and come. And Jesus said, great faith, greater than anything I've ever seen in Israel. Now let me, just, let me just explain just a little bit how this works. The person, you, the person or the power you submit to is the power or the person you receive from. <clears throat> For instance, if you've got a rebellious spirit or a rebellious attitude toward uh, the pastor, then you're never going to listen, you're never going to hear, you're never going to get any nuggets out of him or her. <clears throat> if you have a submitted attitude, an open heart, then the revelation of the Lord can come from that teacher into your spirit. Now, <clears throat> the protection and the anointing of that protection comes from the king who rules the territory. If you submit to that king, you're, you, have the, you have the protection of the king. If you submit to the ruler of a territory, you have the, you have the, you have the protection. If you are rebellious against that ruler, then that protection is going, to be, is going to be turned against you in force. For instance, if I submit to fear, fear rules me. If I submit to doubt, doubt will rule my mind. If I submit to faith, if I yield myself to the power of believing, then faith can come into my spirit, faith can come into my heart, and I can begin to believe. So the whole key here is in the authority in my life, who is the authority in my life, and what am I doing? How am I responding to God and God's authority? Now, I'm not teaching on the home right now or even the church structure or, the, or you know, the structure and the physical. I'm talking about our yielding to the Lord and to the things of God. You say, well, God's okay as long as He stays out of my way. Or God's okay is when I need Him. You know, when, when, I, when I can't figure it out, I'll ask God. If it, if it doesn't work out, we'll go to prayer. No, there, ha, there, is, a, there, is, a, there is a point when we, f we call on the Lord first and submit to Him. Now, look at this. He said, <clears throat> he said I, I'm submitting to you and I'm yielding my, myself to you. Speak the word only 
And he said, this is what will happen when your word goes to my house. My servant will be healed. Now here's a Roman soldier prophesying about the outcome of Jesus' prayer. We read this and we say, well, that's Bible and it's kind of comfortable to us. But put it in natural life for a moment where we're living today. Here's a man who has no background we know of in spiritual things. And he's, he's telling us how prayer works. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. You say that to me and I'm ready to pray, pray a prayer of faith. Why? Because I've just heard faith come to me. I've just heard someone open their self up for a receiving prayer. You come up to me and you say, well, I don't know, man. I just, I'm having such a bad life. You might, I've had 14 people pray for me. and You might as well give it a good shot. That doesn't stimulate much in my spirit. I mean, I can work up a little faith and help you out, but when you come to me and say, if you'll give me a word, I'm telling you, I know I'm going to be different forever. All of a sudden, faith comes into my spirit. Why? Because there's an open door now for faith to happen. Could it be the reason things aren't changing for your life is because you've not opened the way for God to do it? Could it be that everything you say, and I'm not picking on anybody individually, but oh, how we get trapped in this. Well, <clears throat> you know, I'm the lowest of the lowest, and I'm the poor of the poor, and I'm the weak of the weak, and I'm the last of the last, and I'm the first to get fired, and the last to be hired. And what does God have to work with? <laughs> how about giving God something to work with this week? You say, preacher, that's why we sent for you. You do it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it for you. Listen to it again. If you'll pray, Jesus, if you'll send your word, Jesus, my servant will be healed. Now let's take a snapshot of this just for a moment. Let's see a servant at home that may not even understand Jesus is in town, may have no connection with this thing called faith in Jesus. The centurion has. But the servant, we don't know if he has or not. Let's say he hasn't. Let's say he's a servant that stays close to the farm, never goes into the town, hasn't heard all the reports. But the centurion has. Now listen to this wonderful place of authority that you walk in. A place God's put you as a father, as a pastor, as a church leader, as an elder, <clears throat> as a mother. Or any, any position that you have authority over. I want you to see this. This, this centurion had the ability to receive healing for someone else who didn't even believe or hadn't had time to pray. Can that be possible that we could believe for someone who's not in, in this church this morning? Could it be possible that we could, we could pray and believe for changes to happen for others? Yes. Now, let's see the flow of anointing. It, the oil went on top of Aaron's head and ran down Aaron's beard and down his robe and down to the tips of his garment. That's, a, that's an example of the anointing and the power of God flowing down the scale of authority. Starts at the head, goes down through the body. Amen. We understand that 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 parable or that or that principle. So, if you have authority over something, you have authority. Now, I don't want to be silly here, but if some of you have a dog, that'd be a good start. Now, I'm talking about authority over a dog. I'm not trying to put you down as just a dog lover, but I want to tell you. Because we all are, but that's beside the point. Listen, whatever you have authority over, you have the ability to pray for 
and change the course of life for them. You have the ability, when that, when that person is under your authority or, under your, or submitted to you, now this is why rebellion is so stinking deadly. This is why rebellion splits up families and churches and nations. Is because when, when, when the rebel, when the spirit of rebellion comes in, it stops the anointing, it stops the healing, it stops the blessing from going down to that person. Prodigal son, he left the father's home. He lost the blessing of the father until he came back to the father. Now, so the connection is, and the word, the, the word for, the, for this season is, Lord, let me find my place of anointing. Let me make sure I'm not in rebellion against your purposes and principles. And if there's somebody in my life I need to be submitted to in the area of love and respect and honor, then let me find that, Lord. This is why unforgiveness is so deadly, because unforgiveness cuts me off. Oh, how deadly it is to have a deal with your father or your mother. How deadly it is to have a deal with your brother or sister in the Lord. And you, you know, you don't want to look at him in the face because you just hate him so much. Or at least maybe, maybe you don't hate, it's just you're wounded and, and you're hurt. All those things cause me not to be able to, be, to receive from them. Suppose God wants to speak a word to that man over here who is, uh, who is a godly man to come and give me a word that will help me, but I don't have anything to do with him because he offended me, a, you know, a year or two ago. And so there's no, uh, there's no connection. There's no flow. The Bible says, submit ye, there, submit ye therefore yourself one to another in the Lord. Why? So we can interact together and we can flow together. Why? Because God may speak a word. Old friend of my father years ago bought hearing aids, and he said that, he said the reason I bought hearing aids is because because I thought somebody was going to offer me some money and I wouldn't hear them. That sounds a little funny, you know, but but that's the whole point. Lord, I want to hear this thing. I don't want to miss the blessing of the Lord. So the centurion comes and submits to the Lord, humbles himself under the, under the mighty hand of God, but then he comes with a prayer request for someone who is in his realm of dominion. He's the ruler now in this little farm he lives on, or this wherever, wherever the servant was, home working, maybe his palace. And he took home healing to a man who hadn't even prayed that we know about. Is it possible to change the course of your world through your faith. I believe it is. I believe we can change our circumstances by believing God. Jesus said, wow. <laughs> I'd like to hear a couple of heavenly wows this week. George, you just stagger me, God says. Wow. How do we do that? By believing God's principles and being obedient and just acting it out. Just, Lord, just send your word. My servant will be healed. Some of you have some servants at home today. Some of you have some children, some grandchildren. Some of you have some people on the job. They may not be technically under your authority, but God put you in their life for a reason. It's no mistake you're sitting next to them on the bus every morning or at the desk. There's a reason why God gave you faith, put you next to a person of no faith, so you could bring Christ into their life. 
Oh my. Just to think that they're that close to heaven's blessing, sitting next to you every day. I'm going to ask you to do something with me today. I'm going to ask you to begin to speak a direct word to the Lord about them. And no longer are you allowed. This is a, a rule I'm just making. You're going to have to obey it. <clears throat> God, just peek and see if you're listening to me. <laughs> Listen. No longer are you allowed to complain about them. No longer are you allowed to grumble about the problem on the job or in, you know, in the situation. I'm going to ask you to say, Lord, send the word. And I know you can change that thing. Now, this isn't just foolishness. This isn't just kind of like self-centered power grab. This is how the kingdom operates. Through the system of, I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And as I submit to the Lord, I can receive from God. But if I submit to the devil, then I'm under his power. Timothy, Timothy says that he could take me at his will. If he wants to, if I'm submitted to him in fear and submitted to him in doubt, submitted to him in rebellion, and I, if I come, come under the yoke of, the, of, the, of poverty, come under the yoke of this economy, and come under the yoke of the whole fear going on now. But God says if I submit to the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the, the, the strength of God, the peace of God, the love of God, I submit to that, I yield to that, then I come into a connection with, with, with being a son of God. I'm not, just a, I'm not just an old sinner saved by grace. I have become a son. And in that position, I have the authority now to speak the word and send healing to those around me. I have the ability to speak peace into a situation. Amen. All right. Jesus came into Capernaum. Lord, we're asking, inviting you into our, into our life now. Come. Hallelujah. This is not for the, for the purpose of being dramatic. But the Lord, the Spirit of God shows me someone that is connected to this house that is so depressed, they're suicidal. And I'm calling the Lord into their presence right now. There's a depression that's been on them for months, if, weeks if not months. Someone connected to this house. And I'm calling, I'm asking the Lord, I'm inviting the Lord to come into that room right now. To come into that house right now, wherever they are. I'm asking the Lord's presence to change the chemistry and the spiritual climate in that room. That they may see the answer and feel the peace of God. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm inviting the Lord into, into some teenagers, into their lives connected to this house that are in rebellion. <clears throat> or at least in the, in, the, 
in the mindset of independence or doing their own thing. I'm calling the Lord's presence into their lives now. Oh God, I pray you'll visit, minister, invade. Come into that situation that looks like it's out of control. Looks like there's no hope to get a hold of them any longer, Lord. Do a supernatural visitation in the nighttime or Lord, in this, wherever, wherever you can intervene, Lord. Come in. Come into their life, Lord. I'm calling for that presence, the pre- your mighty presence to overwhelm them again and show them the way out. Now I'm praying prophetically. This is the Spirit of God speaking to specific details. I want you just to join your faith with me. This is your family. This is your territory of, of, of dominion and rule where you live and, 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 uh, and function. I'm asking the Lord to come in. I'm asking God to manifest Himself in these few hours that we're together. But on past that, let there be an increased sense of your manifested presence in this house and this, this church family, Lord. Glory to God. Let there be a breakthrough. A breakthrough, Lord, into the spiritual climate that we so desire and so love. And when Jesus came to Capernaum, the centurion found him. And the centurion had a specific directed prayer. Lord, my servant is sick. And I want them, I want you to come and heal him. And Jesus said, I'll come. Oh my, the scriptures are so clear that as we're asking, he's already got the answer on the way. But the centurion submitted to him and said, Lord, all you need to do is send your word and my servant will be healed. Would you do something for me this morning with me? I want you to put into your hand, just as we have our spirits before the Lord for a moment, that thing you've been carrying as a weight, I want you to take it in your hand and hold it before the Lord. Something that's been fussing and causing distress, it could be very personal, be very physical. Something that you walk with every day or something, somebody that you carry in your, in your emotions, in your mind and heart. We're going to hold them before the Lord this morning and we're going to ask a specific prayer for change and for help. And God is going to do a miracle And we're going to hear testimonies before these days are over. We're going to hear testimonies about God invading and God showing up and God healing and changing some of these situations. Amen. You got that? You got it in your hand right now, Lord? I want you to look at this now. And we're asking you to go to this situation just like that servant. Send your word now and heal. And if, when you do, Lord, my servant will be healed. And here's your, here's your homework. I want you to have that confession. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them out of all their trouble. I want you to have that confession this week. The Lord sent his word and healed that thing. 
Even though you haven't heard or it still looks the same, I want your confession to be what the centurion was. Lord, if you'll send your word, my servant will be healed. It's not just the power of repetition. It's the power of believing God's true and he's faithful and that his word is more powerful than anything that is on this earth and his word is his bond. Lord, here it is. Here's this broken thing. Here's this distress. Here's this sickness. Here's this pain. Here's this loss. Here's this foreclosure. Here's this bankruptcy. Here's this job thing. I'm sending your word to the very center of it now in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, here's how you submit. Here's how you humble yourself under that prayer. When the enemy comes in in five minutes or five days and says, well, that didn't work, you come back under faith. You come back under the humility of believing. And you say, no, the Word of God says that when, I sent, when God sends His Word, it works. Next day, you come along in fear and unbelief. You know you don't submit to that. You come back under and you submit to the Word of God and you yield yourself to truth. And you say, no, the Word of God says that if He sends His Word, my servant will be healed. And I guarantee if you'll do that three or four times, that'll start weakening. That thing will go away. That unbelief will go away. That doubt will go away when you begin to say no to it. The devil only has three or four tries and then he gives up. He's not real faithful. Did you hear what I said? The devil is not as faithful as we give him credit for. You deny him and reject him a few times and it starts to weaken, starts to break. Faith begins to rise up. Amen. Praise God. How am I doing so far? <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Let's just pray for a minute. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, when you sent me here this week, you said there was people of destiny and individuals that were never going to be the same after these few days were together. You sent me here, Lord, with the plans and purposes and the agreement of the pastor and the Holy Spirit that this week was going to be a turning point for many because you show up, because you've come to Capernaum. And Lord, now we're embracing you. We're finding your presence. We're going to see miracles and changes. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm going to ask you, as I pray a closing ministry prayer here, if you have some, some a broken connection with your mother and father, with your spiritual leaders, I'm going to ask you to let that get healed right now. We're just going to repent, and we're going to ask the Lord to heal that thing. You say, well, you don't know the situation. It's going to take... Years of counseling, no. It takes a moment with the Holy Ghost.
and God will heal that. And the reason I say that is because <clears throat> we're, going to, we're asking the Lord for some things, but we need to have those connections with our... The Bible says, honor your father and mother, and so shall you have long life on earth. This is the first commandment with promise. You get sick in your body and you want prayer, the prayer of faith to, to save you and to heal you, and yet you're angry and bitter and broken and, and there's no connection with your, with your mother and father or with your authority. It breaks the connection of heaven. Things have to change in your heart first before things change outwardly. And I'm asking someone right now just to take a moment and say, Lord, I release my father, my mother, my pastor, my elder, my teacher, the policeman, whoever the authority you've been banging heads with, I want you to just release them to the Lord and forgive them, let them go, let God deal with it. You can't change them yourself, you just let them give them back to God. Release your heart, repent of the, of the, of the anger, and you watch the peace of God come back in right now. You watch the anointing. If you're, a, if you're a, a, a younger person in this house and you're still dealing with mother and father at home, just let the Lord give you a submitted heart and you watch the anointing of the Lord come to your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Asapakota silibandon breman jirikotas. La sedimandum primangelicotus sutum amamandan jacat. Rusupamundum primangieto ritsapacatus sandai. For the Lord has not missed it with you. The Lord has not changed his opinion of you. The Lord has not changed the ending of his plans that he has already put into motion for you, even though you may see at the time, says the Lord, you may see at the time that it looks hopeless. The Lord has a plan for good. The Lord has a plan for good. The Lord has a plan for good. Tongues and interpretation. One of the spiritual gifts, God wants to speak through that avenue just for a moment to let us know there's, there's something good down the road for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you, dear. Would you stand for a moment? I want to pray for you. Come here. Amen. Now the <clears throat> the prophetic word uh, and the anointing for prophecy comes at different degrees at different meeting times. And uh, through this week, perhaps tonight and on, there will be a, a stronger anointing for prophecy. I've been speaking prophetically, and I've been I've been speaking out of a prophetic teaching. And I've prayed prophetically a couple times, but I want to prophesy just for a moment over this dear sister. And in doing so, we're opening up heaven over this house. We're opening up heaven over this house. Glory to God. 
We're opening up heaven over this house. This is what you do, dear sister, that intercession that you have, that spirit of intercession on you. You open up heaven over this house and beyond the visibility of most of the people that come and go, if we could see, we could see you with that foot on one side of the door and your hand on the other, pushing the door open, pushing the, like a, like a, a, a big uh, uh, trap door over this building, pushing it aside. You're opening up heaven over this house as that, as that spirit of intercession comes on you. And you've been in these last weeks especially, you've been in a, in a in more intense and in some sense more directed and more uh, detailed intercession than you have for a long time and even to the point of physical uh, where Paul said he groaned or Paul you know where he was he was in a place where he was just beyond his speech and and this has been for several weeks and it's because there's a breakthrough coming and at the before the breakthroughs come, there's more intensity. God puts His intercessors in motion, and those prophetic people that see into the Spirit of God until the anointing begins just to push through them. And that's what you've been experiencing these last few weeks. So I release, I release a, 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 a not a new mantle, but a increased mantle. There's a new level of insight and revelation. You've been asking God for some time. Because you're hungry, you said, Lord, let me see. Lord, teach me. Show me what that means. What do you mean? How do I, why do I feel this way? God's going to take you to a new level of understanding. And you're going to begin to know why this feeling or why this thought. And you're going to begin to see past the physical, like, like you pray for a lot of physical things because you see people in distress. And you say, oh, Lord, help their distress. But God's going to take you past that and see why they're distressed. And you're going to go to the core of that thing and speak against the spirit of, of that thing. Amen. Amen. I know you do this, but, but continue to take notes and write down details so that you'll be, have a, teach, a teaching mantle, a teaching spirit. You'll be able to teach out of that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Is that all right? Okay, praise God. Praise God. Spirit of prophecy gives us our, gives, opens up our vista to where we can see beyond our present. This is what God sees. So it, it, I begin to see God's vision and I can begin to believe for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As someone, maybe more, maybe more than one, but there's somebody that's really in crises on their job right now. Maybe the job's going south, or, or you're just having a difficult time. I want you to come stand here if I can pray for you. <clears throat> I want to speak a word, word in that area. Just come stand if that's it. Your job's in crises, or, or there's just some real danger going on with even employment. Come over here where we can get a hold of you here. Amen. Just going to prophesy a little bit over this whole thing, Amen. Anybody else? Praise God. Now, if I if I if I went a step further and said anybody wants a promotion, you'd all be here. But that wasn't the word. Okay, we're talking about we're talking about danger and crises, where the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life, and have it more abundantly, Amen. Amen. Dear, dear sister, you have, a, you have a, an anointing for wisdom that, 
that is not really um, <clears throat> um, not really appreciated and seen uh, by most around you. There's there's many that do, and you have a position of of wisdom and authority already. But there is a there is a mantle of wisdom on you. There's a mantle of wisdom on you, and <clears throat> and and you even need to hear this, so you know it's there. And you need to have confidence that you have the answer for the things that are thrown on your plate. That it's not, it's not overwhelming. God says, I will give you the answer in the season that it's needed. And you don't have to meditate on it in the sense of trying to fuss with it. But it'll drop on you like the rain in a summer day. And you'll see the, and they'll say to you in these days to come, where did you come up with that? It was right there all the time, and how did you think of that? And you'll know that the spirit of wisdom has come to you again. And I want you to understand that you're not the, 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 you know, the little girl that couldn't find her way to school. You are the one who leads the way, and you are the one with the word for the season. You are the one that God has given the spirit of wisdom to in Jesus' name. And I release, Lord, a new door. I release, Lord, a new avenue of, of, uh, of uh, promotion and exaltation in her, in her challenge right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 You ready for that? Yes. All right. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. Glory to God. I'm glad I came today. Praise God. Just to see what God would do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we're going to hear this one. This, we're going to hear some reports back on that in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I bless and I lay hands upon this situation and I speak prophetically into it, Lord. There's the crises and the, and, the, and the storm that blows. Lord, we command that storm to blow another way. We command, Lord, a, a, a canopy of protection over this man and his business and his situation. So the storm is not going to blow his seed in another direction. But, Lord, the field will be protected. And there will be, Lord, a way through where there was no way. And it will be a, a, a blink of an eye will be a change in a miracle. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see you, my dear brother, finding a coin on the ground. Just all you're walking and you see a coin, and that coin happens to be a, a, a treasure of some kind, like you know, a double-headed eagle or something, and it's worth the farm. There's something God says you're going to discover that's going to change the course of events. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you're here this morning and you say, Lord, I need to have a, a closer, a, a new, fresh encounter with you. 
Just do it right now, right where you're sitting, sitting and right where you're, with our heads just kind of in a reverent position, and we're a little private here before, we, before I turn it over to the pastor. Lord, I'm inviting you into my, into my world again. Come, Lord Jesus. I'm not the king of the hill. I'm not the, big, I'm not the smartest man in the room. Lord, come, I submit to you. And Lord, I, I repent, I change my ways, I ask you to, to be Lord over me so that I can receive from you again, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Pastor, God bless you. There's, there's going to be a, a, an anointing for, for, the prof, for the prophetic tonight, I've got a word I believe God's going to give us that's going to be part of the building blocks in these days. God bless you.